Richardson takes it all. A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson. Really? He could be in here. He's all alone. He's gone. Sensation at Wembley from Sunderland. McKinney. the What The Fox Sunderland preview show in association with Viper Goalkeeping. Sunderland stuttered a little bit last week as they allowed Fleetwood Town and have two late goals to ensure that we dropped off the top spot in League One, which we were occupying quite nicely beforehand. However, we're still in the automatic promotion stop spot, sorry, and with a few days to digest the game, I think we're more than ready to get back into it this weekend. And just to let you know, we are recording before the Wigan Cup game, so if we do get smashed and I sound a little bit positive... Do forgive me, um, but I think most of us would agree that it's all about the league this season and most importantly, getting out of it. And one team who I think will probably feel the same after their excellent start of the season is Bolton Wanderers. And here to preview the game on Saturday is James from Bolton Fanzine, the Lion of Vienna Suite. But James, how are you doing? Are you all right? Hi, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Like I say, had a couple of days to digest that Fleetwood game and you know, hopefully we don't get smashed off Wigan and Charlie White gets a hat-trick and everyone's listening to this in, in <laughs> good spirits. Um, we'll go straight from the top. I said Sunderland started last week. I think Bolton did as well. Obviously, he lost to Rotherham, but that's no no great shame. They're a good side. But all in all, an, an excellent start of life in League One. How would you assess the season so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've ever seen Ian Ebbett, you know that he's quite an ambitious man. He said right from the off that um, we're all in for promotion. Some fans would accept mid-table. Me, I kind of like to ride that positivity bandwagon. I said from the beginning uh, we should be at, at least minimum aiming for playoffs. And early early doors suggest we'll probably be in and around there. Like you said, a couple slip-ups here and along there. We've lost to Cambridge and Rotherham so far. Um, we drew against Burton when we shouldn't have. Things like, things like that that you might get along the way. Hopefully we're just getting them out of the way early and... And, you know, we're just going to push on for the rest of the season. Uh, early early days performances, aside from some defensive hiccups here and there and some inability to break down teams who like to play a low block, I'd say overall we've played really well and um, it's, look, it's looking on good track that Ian Everett might actually attain his ambition of um, back-to-back promotions. Talking about um, back-to-back promotions, stuff like that, I think there's a few teams come up from from League Two and the goal will consolidate. And I think Cambridge obviously came up the season. Cheltenham obviously came up the season. But Bolton's a little bit of a different beast. I mean, throughout most of my lifetime, Bolton have been in and around the, the Premiership and at the very least in high-level Championship up until, well, we all kind of know what happened and I'm sure we'll get into it. But now that things have turned a little bit, it's a kind of a case of because the size of the club and the league that you're in, you can afford to go straight into like the league that you've been promoted into, attract the right level of players and say, hey, look, let's try and go for playoffs or automatic promotions. There's, there's no need to consolidate. It, it certainly helps. It certainly helps. But I think because um, of everything that's 
happened to us over the years. In a sense, we've kind of been humbled a bit. Like We've obviously had the stature of the club and um, and in the past, especially the amount of fans to bring in, the facilities, all that sort of stuff. Over the years, that's kind of been stripped away by con men and just players who didn't live up to the hype, uh, turgid performances, all that sort of stuff. It's only more recently when we've been able to rebuild a properly stable foundation under the ownership of FE, um, and then being committed to a complete revamp, despite it being under a tight, definitely a tighter budget than we're used to in the past. Um, it all it feels like the club's a lot more united in in a sense, um, from academy level to the first team squad. Um, a lot of the a lot of the um, players play the same sort of style, so the transition isn't as different as it would have been in the past. There's a closer link in that regard. Um, even in the back room, um, our, our owner, Sharon Britton, and people behind the scenes, they're hiring um, people like Chris Markham, our new technical director, who are in cons- consistent chat with the likes of Ian Ever and other members of the staff to know what kind of players to go for, um, what type of style we want to play, how we want to attract them, what our budget is to bring in the kind of best that we can do with what we've got. And it all just culminates into this fantastic momentum. It took us a while to get going last season, but when it clicked, it really clicked. And thankfully, it's carried on somewhat this season. Still some hiccups along the road, but outside of that, I'd say we're in a really good position to be within a genuine shout of back-to-back promotions. So many factors just working together to make that seem possible. Funny you mentioned a few things there and my ears pricked up when you said about bad ownership and sort of bad players coming in and mercenaries. I was thinking, I'm sure I asked him about Bolton, not Sunderland, but there you go. I think you had it a little bit harsher than we had maybe, but I think a few Sunderland fans might might call that, might align with that. Um, it's funny, I remember not so long ago, um, I was looking at like a glance at the League 2 table to see kind of how you were getting on because, you know, as we kind of touched on very, very briefly, you almost went out of business. Unfortunately, Sky Sports found it was a good reason to put up a, a clock when that was happening. I think everyone remembers. Horrendous. Thankfully, you know, you did survive. Unfortunately for Bury, who had the same thing, they, they didn't. But I think everyone will be saying they're quite pleased to see Bolton come back, as it would be with almost any club, I think. But League Two didn't start too well, if I remember correctly. You were like languishing around, not the bottom, but the bottom half. And, and Ian Everett didn't seem massively popular. He didn't start that well. Obviously, things have changed, um, and because you know you wouldn't be in League One and playing us on Saturday if not. But from an outside perspective, can you run us through last season, how it picked up, and, and how Ian Everett is viewed at the moment? Yeah, uh, well, obviously to start off with, um, purely because of things like the stature of the club and stuff like that, um, it, it's understandable why Ian Everett came in with this huge bravado. He came in with a great reputation from playing attractive, brilliant football at Barrow and. He joins a club that has a lot more history and even despite all the stripping away over the years, better facilities than Barrow. It's understandable why from the off he'd say, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best in this league, we're going to dominate, we're going to aim for first and we're going to bring in the players to do that. And a lot of the players that we brought in certainly seem to culminate with, with that aim, the likes of Owen Doyle, the, se- the season prior's top scorer, Anthony Sarsvich. Uh, one of the best players in League Two last season and Plymouth's captain, uh, Nathan Delfonso, who's been a regular Championship and uh, League One player for with Blackpool for many many years. All those kind of players 
certainly seemed to suggest that the aim was going to be we'll, we'll hit the heights. But the problem was we were also starting with a squad with only about six to eight professionals. It was a massive rebuilding job. And considering that over that transfer window, we had to bring in about 20 or so players, get many of them settled. You're asking a lot for all of them as well to actually click with the style of play he wants to play and are they even good enough to start with because we're working within a certain budget. We're getting a lot of freebies, a lot of outcasts and not all of them were going to work. And that kind of proved to be the case with the really mixed bag of the first half of the League 2 season that we had last season. And despite all that though, Everett was banging on about this bravado, you know, if we're still with a shout, we're still going to aim for it. And it, in a sense, it, considering some of the results received, a humiliating 6-3 defeat at Port Vale, two transfers by, yeah, it, it all just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. And then suddenly, January transfer window hits. We bring in fantastic players like Declan John, Dapo Afalayan, Kieran Lee, MJ Williams, who really filled in the cracks that were lacking in certain parts of the in the first half of the season. And then suddenly, I, don't ask me how it happened, but at some point in February, suddenly it all just clicked. 11 wins in a row, um, 16 wins out of 21 throughout the entire second half of last season. Um, only only three losses, two draws. It, I, don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. It all just happened. And thankfully, enough, team, enough of the teams above us managed to slip up to the point that we could secure automatic promotion. And... <laughs> Honestly, it's probably one of the greatest comeback stories League Two has ever seen. And it seemed to go from yeah, like nowhere to somewhere to there. Like, I, like when you're watching it from afar, you kind of go, "Oh, they." Yeah, I don't crazy. think I stated it specifically before, but we were 19th at the start of February. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't actually realize we were that far down. 19th but... to third. Those stories don't happen. And if we had turned one or two of those losses into wins, we honestly could have been first. So, <laughs> obviously, Ian Everett didn't start off too popular. And you've mentioned kind of about how he came in and stuff like that. Is he now seen as someone who can take the club forward then? Or does he still have some doubters because of the start he had? I don't... I'm not sh- If there are any doubters, they're certainly in a minority. Definitely. I definitely say more people are aboard the Everett bandwagon than they were previously. Mm-hmm. Um that he's really repaying a lot of the faith that Effie are showing in him, sticking with him, signing him in on that three-year contract and giving him as much of the tools as he needs to implement his style, giving him the time to do that. And it's really, really paid dividends. There are always, you know, bits to work on here and there. But outside of that, I'd say um, for the most part, his um, his ambitiousness and his and his personality just clicks with where Bolton wants to be and what they can achieve. Uh, going up, yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely turned the ship around on his on his reputation, and honestly, as as long as some some other championship club don't come in and swoop with a big really big money offer for him, yeah, exactly. Um, Aldice is actually a really good example. Like he was given a hell of a lot of backing by um, Eddie Davis and Phil Gartside back in the day, and they didn't. The only problem was that they didn't keep fulfilling his ambition. That's why he left us in the end. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I feel like um, there's a there's a bit more of a 
understanding between our chairman Sharon Britton and like I was saying with other people behind the scenes and Ian Everett for where we want to go once we achieve and it feels like um, everyone's in it for the long haul they have a vision of where they want this club to go whether FE can be in it for the long haul because um, they've obviously not got the most money out of anyone in the league and certainly not certainly not if we get the club to championship level they'll and budget-wise, being a, be a small fish in a big pond, but yeah, no, let's say there's a unity there, and it, and Ian Everett's certainly a part of that journey, and we hope we can be. And right now, I'd say most fans can agree that we hope he's part of it for a long time. You're touching it before about like his style of play, and I think you only have to look at the stats, which you often do when you're looking at a team that you're playing against because you haven't seen them in 90 minutes and so on and so forth, which gives away my secrets of exactly what I do before every preview show, but there you go. Um, scoring 14, conceding 12, that is one of the highest in both aspects in the league. It sounds really exciting from the outside looking in. I imagine it's a bit worrying from the inside, but... What what is this new look Bolton to watch? Like, what are we going to come up against on Saturday? Is it going to be kind of gung ho, or is it just a case of you're really attacking and you've got a few gaps at the back? I'd say there's gaps at the back if there's a more direct style of play played. Um, we have been susceptible to some set pieces under Ian Everett's reign. So maybe that's something that could be exploited, but it's also something that he's constantly working on. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did concede less set pieces as the seasons as the season went on last season, and I can see, definitely see him doing the same this season. As for the way that we play, would as you as you mentioned by the stats, I don't place much value in stats myself, but one one the thing that you can't deny is that we're definitely a possession based side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, we like to pass the ball about. Uh, we like to keep it amongst the wingers and hit it across. We we try not to lose possession very cheaply and our style of play certainly reflects that. We, I'd say sometimes we overdo it, um, especially in around the final third where, we, you know how you know how that typical Wenger ball used to be, you always try to pass it into the back of the net sometimes instead of just having a shot. We're guilty of that. Definitely sometimes, but probably talking about something in the past for both clubs here, but nonetheless, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. You had a couple of seasons under Phil Parkinson, a manager that many Sunderland fans, let's just be honest, didn't get on board with in due to a few reasons, but I'm going to say due to his style. So is yeah. Ian Everett like the opposite of Parky Ball then? <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, Parkinson was a success for us. I mean, obviously his style is definitely not for everyone. We can, I think we can all agree on that. But it was successful at us. It was right for us at the time. We just needed a manager who was just going to be no-nonsense and just get us back up. And thankfully, Parky did that. He kept us up the next season. So I'd say he's definitely remembered a lot more fondly among Bolton fans than he is among Sunderland fans. Um, Not so we, much, we, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We thought, we thought when he made the transition, we he'd kind of do similar for you but I suppose it wasn't exactly the same kind of situation that it was um, with us and it was with you so didn't work mm. out for him in that end it's it's a shame because he's a, he's a nice bloke as I think as most people can tell but he is actually yeah so he just doesn't but he just didn't click with Sunderland and that's how it is and I wish him well at Wrexham 
Yeah, because he's now friends with Ryan Reynolds, so it's kind of worked out in the end, hasn't it? It, so. it seems very not Hollywood. It's such a weird <laughs> move, isn't it? But... He's the most un-Hollywood man I've ever seen in my life. He's like a substitute teacher hanging out with like Hollywood A-list celebs. I just don't understand it. But talking of Parkinson, one player that he brought in that actually never played a minute of football for us, because I don't know if he was unfit at the start and then the pandemic hit and the season was cancelled, was, was Declan John. He's, he's had a nomadic few years. He spent time up here in Glasgow for, for Glasgow Rangers. Obviously, been at Swansea for a long time with numerous loan deals. But he seems to have settled at Bolton. You're touching him before. He's been a, a good player. How's he getting on? Yeah, um, he's been slightly unlucky with little niggles here and there um, this season. But when he came in um, last season, he... he, he oof. I th- I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it, but um, I'm, I'll just say that he was exactly what the left-hand side needed. Mm-hmm. A left-back position was, uh, in the first half of last season, a position where we really struggled. Um, our first, our, our original first choice, Liam Gordon, definitely didn't click right away. He's doing better this season, but definitely didn't click right away. Um, his backup, Jimmy Maskell, showed that he wasn't up to it. Uh, after after a couple games, and then we ended up just putting placeholders there. Uh, one, two, both of our right backs ended up playing at left back at some point. We put a centre back there at one point. Yeah, it was a real weakness. And when as, when he came in, experienced head with a point to prove, and showed that he got over his was he started off like a house on fire, getting two goals in his first two games. Um, both of them leading and both of them providing wins in the end. Um, he linked up extremely well with the with Darpo off the line, who I'm sure you've seen this season has again started like a house on fire. Yeah, that those two ended up linking really well, and I don't know, it it, it just seemed to work with us. And he's finally found a home. We gave him a three year contract as soon as his Swansea deal expired, and I I don't think it's gonna gonna be a move that either either part you regret. I think it's a lot of Sunderland fans will be wondering if he actually exists. So I think that might be one of the, the things to see yeah. him on Saturday. Well, well, I think what it was when he was with you is that um, I think I've got the right player here. I th- was it Denver Hume who was playing at left back? Yeah, Denver uh, was playing at that point, yeah. Yeah, I think he was in really good form initially under Parkett. So, and I don't think Declan John came in right away fully fit. So he just I don't think he ever got the chance. Pretty much. I think he would have probably played if the COVID season hadn't been cancelled and and so on and so forth. But um, I think he got on the bench once or twice. But he's like, he's one of those mystery players that we forget actually wore red and white, but technically never wore red and white. So I don't know if it's a happy welcome back from on Saturday or just a, just going to be there and we're going to just see that he actually does exist. But alongside him, obviously, you brought him in permanently. Um and he was in loan originally, but you brought in a few players over the summer, obviously, as many teams do when they get promoted. The ones that stick out, obviously, George Johnson's come from Feyenoord, Josh Sheehan's come in. And another former Sunderland player, which I know some people won't be aware he played for Sunderland, some people maybe because he played for us at academy level when he's very young, was the goalkeeper, Joel Dixon, who obviously was a Barrow, I'm guessing, with Ian Ever beforehand. And they're the three that stick out to me. They're the three that have played most regularly. But how have the new signings settled in and, and which ones are showing their potential the most? Um, well, well, Joel Dixon's coming in to replace a um, aging Matt Jilks, and who did well for us last season. But this season, um, I don't want to be mean and say that his age is showing, but he is making a few more mistakes than last season. 
So, yeah. He's got to be quite old now, Matt Jones. He must be about 45. <laughs> well, he's playing like it, but he's 39. <laughs> uh, I wasn't far off, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dixon has come in so far. And he's not, to be fair, he's not been properly challenged in front of goal yet, I'd, I'd really say. Obviously, he's conceded goals, but I don't think he's ever had the chance to make, you know, that kind of worldy saviour. But what we have seen from him is that he's the kind of goalkeeper that you know you never like. He he has a good eye for a pass, good with his feet, and seems to be calm. The only thing I'd say he's lacking is a bit of a commanding voice that Matt Jilks had. If you ever heard Matt Jilks during a Bolton game last season, he was the only thing you could hear on iFollow. His voice was booming. Dixon's definitely on the quieter side compared to him, but um, outside of that, I'd say he's he's not been too bad. Um, he's been brought in as a player that Everett knows. Everett thought he could make the step up from from National League to League Two to League One, and so far he's doing that. Um, in regards to Sheehan, um, he's kind of tempered off a little bit after his Wales call-up, um, but but he was another one that started absolutely fantastically. He, he is potentially the answer to a couple of our set-piece problems. Um, last season, we didn't really have anyone who could take a decent corner or a decent free kick. And he's proven that he's better at it than what we had before. So there's some improvement there. He's he's kind of the creative force in the middle. And when, and when he's on it, he's really on it. So he's... I think I heard a few Newport fans saying he was ready for the jump up to League One a while ago and we've taken advantage of that and so far it's bearing fruit. And George Johnson, um, oh, it was just nice to get one over on Wigan <laughs> to get him for free. They won him back, we got him instead. But he does also seem to be suited to Everett's style of play. Bit of a smaller centre-half compared to his usual partner, Ricardo Santos, but um, has, has a good leap on him. And um, not and he's quite calm with the ball. His feet has a has a really good left foot, and yeah, another three another three year deal there that looks like it will potentially pay off for us in the end. Only twenty two as well. Yeah, I'd say I'm that wasn't it because he came from originally was it I think he came from Feyenoord, but I think he started at Liverpool and then signed for Feyenoord for three hundred thousand, then went on loan to Wigan. Is that am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's right. I, th- I think Wigan got him for the second half of last season because, you know, before their uh, their takeover, they were getting players from here, there and everywhere. But mm-hmm. he proved quite well with them. And from all accounts, it seems like they were hoping to sign him afterwards because his final deal was expiring. But I don't know where it came from because he kind of signed out of nowhere. But we got him and he and he, he's, look, he's looking the business so far. In terms of your other players... Again, I'm outside looking in, especially when you've been away for a season. But the names that obviously stick out are Doyle, probably pronouncing this incorrectly, but Afalayan and obviously Sarchevich was obviously very good for Plymouth. Then when they got promoted, dropped back down, as you touched on before. They, to me, would be your main men. But I'm looking at on paper and I'm looking at reputation as opposed to current form because I don't watch you every 90 minutes. You obviously do. Um, Am I right in pinpointing those players or is there other people that we should be watching on Saturday? You're absolutely right in Affleighton because all he was missing from his game was end product, and with a with a return in all competitions of five goals, um, he's he's de- he's definitely <laughs> worked on that aspect of his game. Um, Doyle, 
we know he's a goal scorer, but I, he's not he's not quite hit the same levels that he did last season in 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 regards to returns. Like two of his three goals so far have been penalties. He missed a, he missed what a, a chance that he really would have scored nine times out of ten last game against Rotherham. So, well, so while he's probably still the main goal threat, he's not quite hit the heights that we'd that we were hoping for initially. Maybe that'll change as the season goes on because he's not really got any kind of players like him in our squad. All our other strikers, I'd say, are more you know target men, battlers in that in that kind of sense. Um, so so we'll see how it goes with him. Um, Sarsovic, he's definitely the leader uh, right in the middle. But all three of them, I'd say, you'll, you'll get grafting performances from all of them. Um, and that that's the benefit to the type of, you know, aggressive, hard-working style that Ian Ebert likes to play. Our right-hand side has workhorses like Geffen Jones and Isgrove, but neither have really produced the output that we were hmm. hoping for. But... One player that I do have to point out um, right in the middle. Um, actually, I should say two because there's two absolute rocks, one at one at CDM and one at centre-back that need pointing out. The CDM, MJ Williams, another former Liverpool Academy player. Apparently, he had some kind of big leg injury that he, that, he's not, that he never properly overcome. And then when he joined us... Again, it, it's just one of those things that clicks. I might be asking a stupid question here based on the stats and everything you've said and everything I've looked at before that we've obviously recorded today, but Bolton are not going to sit back on Saturday. They're going to come at us and, and try and go for the three points. I, Ian Everett does not play the lower block. And if we do, it's completely unintentional. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll force you into it, but it won't be intentional. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. If we play a lower block, it's because we think you're forced into it. It won't, it won't be in the game plan forever. It's it's just the kind of guy he is. Um, he ne- he never likes to, in it, in his favoured words, rest on his laurels. He always, always will try and get the win if he can. So this probably gonna this is probably gonna be a game with a lot of goals in it. You've got like a five two with the Ipswich was the one that will probably stand out because obviously went to Portman Road Ipswich are another team that will be expected to win every game. God, I hope it doesn't happen like that. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's been a few games. There's been a couple of three threes, a five two in there. I think there's been a couple of times where he's seemingly gone for it and it's worked for him, hasn't it? So he's he's not going to change his ways. Nope. Uh, we will have games um, like when we uh, faced like Lincoln, where both teams um, go right at each other and just try to attack, but there might just be the odd goal in it. Um, it might be a game like that, or it, like you said, it could be a game like when we faced uh, MK Dons or AFC Wimbledon where it's 3-3, or it could be an Ipswich game where it's 5-2, where both teams do try to, do try to go for it, but one defence is more on top than the other. It's a really hard game to predict where it could go, but the one guarantee is that it will probably be exciting. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. As long as it goes now, we're favour. But in terms of in terms of Sunderland, it's probably my favourite part of the podcast. To be fair, because it's always interesting to get a viewpoint of your club from from another side. Um, Aidan McGeady was always the person that people would pinpoint, and sometimes do this season because of his obvious talent, his obvious ability, and his obvious reputation. But from the outside looking in, which players concern you from Sunderland side most going into the weekend? I'd I'd say players like Carl Winchester and Elliot Embleton are going a bit under the radar. Yeah, from the outside looking in. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially Winchester. 
randomly yeah, but, playing at right back and, and as a midfielder and doing superbly well. If he still plays at right back against um against us, he's gonna <laughs> him versus Dapple Apple Lion is gonna be very, very interesting. I'm no good at this at the end. Score predictions. I've got one right so far this season. I've got three right the whole of last season. So I'm not a betting man for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I'll go with my prediction anyway. Um I quite fancy a high score and draw, which might be a bit obvious after obviously hearing what we both had to say, but I'll go for a 2-2, which wouldn't be great for us, but I'll take it, I suppose. But where are you going, James, on, on Saturday? Oh, I really want to be extremely biased and just say Bolton win, but, I, but, but my head won't let me. My head won't let me. That's how much I actually believe in this team. I actually believe we can pull off a win away at, uh, <laughs> at Sunderland. I'll go for... It. No, I'll balls the wall. Screw it. It's going to be a 3-3 draw. Another one. <laughs> God, I don't think I'll have a good take. Uh, Jesus Christ. Unless we scored the third later. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. But, um, <laughs> but James, thanks very much as always for coming on and giving us a lowdown on Bolton. Um, very excited for the game myself. Obviously, we're, it's our first go- um, time going down to the Scottish branch. So if anyone sees us, say hello. Obviously, I'm down every game anyway. But if we go down to the branch, please do say hello. Um, I wish you all luck in the world for the rest of the season. Very pleased to see the club is still alive and kicking because the last thing I think anyone would want is for your club or most clubs in this league to, to do, unfortunately, what happened to Bury. So it's pleased to see your club alive and kicking. But hopefully not too kicking on Saturday, but you can be fine after that. But James, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks. It's been it's been a great chat. I've loved it. No problem, mate. Thank you.